and amen. Beginning this Sunday, today, we will start a series called Considering the Characters of Christmas. And it will go from now up until the last Sunday just before Christmas. And uh, I was really considering a lot of different things that we could do for uh, a series, kind of a pre-Christmas series. And uh, I personally got excited about just delving into more depth into the specific characters that help to comprise the story. So beginning now and through December 20th, on these four Sundays, we'll study together some of the uh, characters. Some are the obvious characters, and even as you'll see today, some are the not-so-obvious characters, uh, but yet have a very relevant importance in the Christmas story. So this is a great time of year, time that we all love and enjoy, and I hope that you will uh, make sure that these these Sundays are a part of uh, to help build your own family tradition and increase our knowledge and understanding of God's Word. Today, I want to focus on two characters, Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna. Some of you are going like, Christmas? Are you sure? Pastor, get that right? Uh, the title of my message this, uh, for just today is Waiting for Christmas. Waiting for Christmas. So I, I was thinking about Simeon and Anna and how that uh, their story actually takes place towards the end of the, of the traditional Christmas drama narrative that we read from Luke chapter 2. And uh, we will look at that scripture here in just a moment. But I, I just want you to think for a moment about the idea of waiting for Christmas. Uh, have you ever noticed that children have a hard time waiting for Christmas to arrive? Huh? I, I can remember as a child the pent-up excitement that had built over weeks and weeks and weeks uh, all the things that were contributing to it, I'm not sure. But I know that I just could not wait for Christmas to arrive because I knew all the things that would be included in that day. And I always made certain that I was the first one to rise out of bed. Never again after that day. But on that day of the year, I was the first to rise out of bed. And I wanted to make sure that I then had uh, first access to all the gifts and the presents and the fun that we had planned for that day. It was hard for me as a child to wait for Christmas. And frequently Christmas is associated with waiting. Let me ask you this morning, what are you anticipating? What are you personally waiting for? Maybe even Christmas this year. What are you expecting and anticipating will take place for Christmas? Are you looking forward to anything this Christmas? Maybe seeing some friends, some family that you haven't seen in a long while. Maybe you have certain plans. We find as we study in the Gospel of Luke, which is probably the most often quoted Christmas drama that we read in the Scripture, we find a part of that story that reveals something really important about these two characters, Simeon and Anna. They make their appearance in the final act of the Christmas drama. So if you would take your Bibles in Luke chapter 2, I want to read that to you. And it is an amazing story and uh, very enlightening. And I hope that it will encourage you today as well. Now, as you turn to the scripture in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22, I want to warn you, Simeon and Anna are characters of Christmas, but you won't see them on many Christmas cards. You're not going to see them at the live nativity scene. <laughs> They're left out of most Christmas celebrations. They're normally not considered to be actors or significant players in any Christmas pageants. 
However, they are a part of the Christmas story. And I want you to see that because they were actually waiting with anticipation. And their dreams were fulfilled. So I want to read to you beginning in verse 22 of Luke chapter 2. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, being baby Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, you ever notice these verses before? Tremendous, isn't it? Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he began to praise God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. I love that part. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband for seven years after their marriage. And then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple. But she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them, being Mary and Joseph, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. I don't know about you, but this is a, a tremendous story where these two individuals, Simeon and Anna, are featured. And of course, as we see, the context and the, the, the timing of this is literally uh, uh, eight days after the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph brought him to the temple to go through the normal Jewish rites of consecration, offering a sacrifice. And this was the day. All of this converged. I don't know about you, but I just... 
I stand back sometimes and go just amazement at God's timing. You know, all of these incidents just just happen to converge. The same moment, the same visit, the same the same place in the temple, and and all this happened. And uh, obviously, God had arranged it all. There is something that we learn in the book of Luke as you really study this text. You'll find that there is anticipation that marks both of these characters. It identifies these people, Simeon and Anna, as those who are waiting with great expectation for the arrival and the coming of the Messiah, our Savior. Literally, when it talks about their anticipation, it speaks in the original language of those who were alert to someone's presence, those that were ready to welcome someone. That is the word that we see used. Notice both in, both in these two passages, and we'll, we'll focus on Simeon for a moment and then Anna. But before we do, notice in Luke, 20, uh, Luke 2 verse 25 in reference to Simeon where we read it says, And he was waiting. Do you see that right there in verse 25? And he was waiting for something. And then in verse 38, we see the description of Anna, who was what? Looking forward to. Both of these are examples of anticipation, of waiting and expecting something to come in the form of the Messiah. And surely it was going to be greater than they had even imagined. So first, let's talk about Simeon. All right? We're introduced to Simeon in verse 25 when it says that there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and it tells us that he was what? He was righteous and he was devout. So this is a godly man, elderly, and yet God had made him a promise. What was God's promise? He wasn't going to have to die until he would see the Messiah. Now, there have been many people for hundreds of years that had lived and died and never seen the Messiah. But God's specific rhema word to Simeon was, before you die, you're going to get to see with your own physical eyes, you're going to get to see the Messiah. That one, the coming of the Messiah, which all the Old Testament had predicted and prophesied, you're going to get to actually see him with your very eyes. Can you imagine what a precious promise that must have been to old Simeon? How many years he must have held on to that promise thinking, when is it going to happen? Anticipating, waiting. The scripture says in verse 25 that he was waiting for the consolation, one translation says, of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The word consolation simply speaks of comfort. He was waiting for comfort. He was waiting for the comfort, the ministry of God that was going to come to Israel and to the people that would follow after Jesus Christ. You see, at that particular time, things were not going very well for Israel. Things were difficult. Things were very, very testy. They hadn't heard from God in many, many years. These are uh, some silent years. They had been under Roman rule and domination. They lost their political independence. They were constantly living in fear of the, of the capable and cruel King Herod. Many people, many of the Jews were wondering, will the promise ever come true? God promised us. God promised us that we would have a deliverer, a savior that would come. When is he going to come? If we were ever in need, now is the time. We need help. We need deliverance. And yet the Lord had promised to this man, Simeon, 
that he had good reason for his hope. He was hopeful. He was expectant. It said that it had been revealed to him how? By the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all know the Holy Spirit reveals things? The Holy Spirit reveals. He always points us to Jesus, but he is a spirit of revelation. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. In the midst of all the darkness that surrounded him, he was hopeful. He was anticipating. And surely Jesus would be that comforter. You know, it strikes me that the world then and now, because of the universal, universal human need, has a desire to be comforted. Those who are distressed need comfort. Those that are lonely, empty, insecure, desperate, need that ministry of Jesus Christ to comfort our lives. In fact, many of you are aware that during this holiday season is actually one of the times that psychologists tell us there's more uh, episodes of depression uh, and even suicide than in other times of a typical year. The point is that people need hope. And sometimes it's during uh, this Christmas season that many people who are lacking hope really desperately need to look forward to something that comes through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit himself was the one that prompted Simeon, moved upon his heart that day to go to the temple courts. Does this... Doesn't this cause you just to stand back in amazement? He prompted Simeon, who'd been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. He prompted him at the right moment, the right day, the right spot to show up at the temple. Only the Holy Spirit could do that, right? Prompted him to show up. At the same time, Joseph and Mary were bringing baby Jesus to the temple for his consecration ceremony. They just happened to intersect. Isn't that amazing? So, this man, Simeon, speaks to us of the anticipation, the waiting for comfort that only God can bring. And uh, the thing that sometimes strikes me in this story, I sometimes think of what must have gone through Joseph and Mary's mind. Can you picture this old guy? Stranger to them, likely. He walks up to them. And he literally just grabs their baby. Now, when you've only had your baby for eight days, not to mention how special this child was, when you've only had that baby for eight days and an old man comes and grabs you and you're thinking, this guy is probably kooky, he's not all there. No, you're not going to have my baby. But this was a God moment. He grabbed baby Jesus and he just began to praise God something on the inside. We know what it was. It was the Spirit of God that was upon Simeon. Something resonated deeply within him. And when he saw baby Jesus coming in the arms of his mother Mary that day, it was like, boom. There was like a, a Holy Spirit moment where it was like, I, that's it. That's the, that's the one I've been waiting for. I all look at the... Can you imagine 
how excited he must have been. He, he forgot about all normal uh, courtesies. He simply grabbed the baby Jesus out of Mary's arms and he held that baby. He knew he was holding the Messiah. He was holding Emmanuel. God with us. God in human form. And he was holding that baby and he just couldn't help himself. He just had to erupt in praise. Not just for his personal selfish fulfillment, but for what it was going to mean for the people, for the Gentile nations, which he's, his, his prayer talks about. Uh, let me just reread that praise that he offers. Sovereign Lord, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you can now dismiss your servant peace. I'm ready to go now. <laughs> I've had my moment. I have seen with my own eyes I'm holding right now. The Messiah, that one which hundreds and hundreds of years has been predicted and prophesied. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. He notes in verse 32, he will be a light of revela- for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon understood the weightiness of this moment. He understood and fully appreciated the arrival of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He broke out into praise. He just couldn't help himself. He was acknowledging that God had fulfilled not only his individual promise, Rhema, to him, but also all of that which had been predicted for so many years. There's so many, there are literally hundreds of passages of Scripture throughout the Old Testament that declare the coming of the Messiah. Some relate only to the first coming, this coming, and then the others relate to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he will come again, by the way. He will come again, even as he did the first time. And so I just picked out one of those scriptures in Isaiah chapter 9, a well-known one, a well-known one that predicts the coming of the Messiah. And it simply says this, And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is the one that Simeon was holding. He had been waiting for what? For the comfort of Israel. He had been waiting all this time for the one to come who was going to relieve people of their frustration, of their desperation. And what a precious day that was for him. Can we turn to the second individual, the second character of the story today is Anna. I know that a lot of people don't focus on Anna or Simeon, but they're very important. The other Christmas character that was waiting with this same kind of anticipation was a woman of God named Anna. The Bible tells us several things here about her. It tells us that she was a widow. Her husband had died only after a few years of marriage, and the rest of her life she just dedicated to the Lord. And it actually describes Anna here as a prophet, a woman who is considered a prophet. And prophets are those who see things in the Spirit and who are anointed and gifted by God to see them and then declare them. That's who prophets were in the Old Testament And I believe that there are those who function in that office even today in the New Testament church. Anna is described as a prophet. Now, it also told us that she spent 24-7, 
Today, people complain about going to the church, go, 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 coming to church, you know, uh, several weekends in a row. But Anna said, I'm just going to stay in the temple. I'm just going to stay there. So 24-7, she prayed, fasted, and worshiped in the temple. After her husband died, she just dedicated herself, herself to spend the rest of her life there in the temple. So, unlike Simeon, who God moved him that day to go there and to show up for that very moment, she was already around. She's already present, but God made uh, it also very obvious to her that this was not like her normal days. This was not going to be just a routine day for Anna. Look at verse 38, and you will notice this. She was looking forward to something, wasn't she? But not the same thing as Simeon was. Simeon was looking for the comfort. She was looking forward to forgiveness. Watch this. Coming up at, to them at that very moment. Can I just stop for a moment? Can you just get this? Simeon apparently had just encountered Mary and Joseph with Jesus. They're just trying to go do their business. You know, they're just here at the temple. This is the day. We're just dedicating Jesus you know, just like we're supposed to, and here interrupted by Simeon, and then on the heels of Simeon comes Anna. Anna just comes right on up, and it says very specifically, she, she came up to them at that very moment, and she gave thanks to God. And she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. What's going on here? All of a sudden, Anna arrives on the scene, and she just begins to erupt in praise and thanksgiving to God. She just couldn't help herself. Why? She also knew. She was a, she was a prophet. She had the, the, the spiritual eyes and ears and discernment to know who Jesus was. And when she saw Jesus, it was just like she knew that she knew that she knew who this was. She couldn't help herself. Praise, prayer began to erupt from her to the Lord. And then she began to prophesy. And we're not given the exact words of a prophecy, but I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, quiet. I'm sure she was prophesying loudly because she was speaking about the redemption of Israel, that this child, this is the Messiah. He has come to bring redemption to Israel. Now you just have to remember Israel had for years and years been waiting for their redeemer. They had been thinking and needing the forgiveness up until this point. The sins had been, had been taken care of simply through the sacrificing of bloods, the blood of goats and bulls and animals, all of that covering their sins. But only when the Messiah Jesus Christ came would the sin problem be eradicated and be fully paid for it's like all of that debt of sin was stacking up over here under the special provision that God made for the Old Testament saints but now that Jesus has come he was forgiveness personified he was the one that was going to wipe out the sins for those that would put faith in him she sensed that she knew that and she began to prophesy about what this meant for the individuals who may be observing who were also the temple was a busy place so there had to be people who were coming and going and she was also prophesying for all of those in israel she knew that even as 
they had celebrated regularly the Passover. Uh, again, anticipating the day that the true Passover lamb, once he was killed, then there wouldn't be any need for the sacrifice of animals anymore. When Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God. She spoke to him, spoke about him to all who were there. Friends, I just want to ask you this morning before we go to the next section. When Jesus came, he, he, he came and he was the fulfillment of what both Simeon and Anna had anticipated. Who can you relate to? Simeon was desperate in anticipation, knowing that his days were numbered. But he was anticipating what? The comforter. The arrival of the one who was coming to meet those needs and minister to those needs. Anna, she was anticipating the redemption, the forgiveness aspect. Looking for the same person, looking for the same Messiah, but each from a different perspective. Who do you identify more with? Maybe Simeon? Maybe some of you today are hurting. Maybe some of you are feeling lonely, empty, afraid, maxed out. Some of you today need that same comfort, hope for the future. Do you need a fresh sense of God's presence? The good news is this. He has come. And he is alive. And the one who comforts is here. And he has sent another comforter even to represent him who is here to minister to us. Or maybe Anna is today more where you sit. Played with guilt. The weight of maybe past failures may be on you. And you're thinking, how do I deal with this? Remember the one that Anna prophesied about. The Jesus of Nazareth. The baby born in a manger was the one that came to relieve humanity of our sin problem. Do you ever feel like you're trapped in a pattern of sin that you can't break out of? Do you ever recognize on a daily basis, hopefully you do, the need for forgiveness? Jesus has that to offer to you today. The Bible tells us if you sin, confess your sins. Simply confess them. And he will be faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many of you know that's good news? That's good news. I'm thankful that my sin problem was handled when I accepted Jesus. It was paid for 2,000 years ago. But whenever I do sin and I, fail, I fall short, I confess it, and I'm able to be freed from the effects of that wrongdoing. I'm so thankful for not only Simeon who anticipated the comfort of the Messiah, but also Anna who anticipated the forgiveness so in closing, I want to offer you some steps, all right? I think we ought to always be practical. It's not just enough to learn, gain more knowledge or information or just be inspired. I think we need to have concrete steps that we need to learn to put God's word into practice, even as we speak of, of these Christmas, great Christmas characters. So I'm going to give you three today, all right? So three action steps that are taken from this passage that I read to you. Number one, be amazed. 
be amazed. When Joseph and Mary tried to process what was going on that day, in verse 33, you'll note that it says that they marveled at what was being said about Jesus. They marveled. Word marvel there means to be filled with wonder, astonishment, surprise. They were amazed. Now remember, these are the same people that have had angelic angelic appearances. Uh, Gabriel had told them exactly what was going on. So this wasn't like the first fresh news break. They already knew, but even at that, as now people were recognizing something's on this child. There's something special, which was just an added sense of confirmation. But I like the fact that even though Joseph and Mary had been, God had prepared them and she had carried that child, they knew this was a miracle birth. They knew all that. But even when Simeon and Anna both happened to intersect at the temple that day, it says that they marveled. Listen to me, friend. Never lose your sense of marvel. When you look at Jesus, when you read the scriptures and you see God revealed, never lose your sense of amazement. If you ever start to lose that sense of amazement that says that you need to to, uh, refuel your tanks, that says something about retweaking your level of intimacy with God, because we need to always be astonished and amazed when we see what God is doing, and he is active in people's lives today. Can you say amen? Amen. I ask you today, are you amazed in 2015 at the wonder and the miracle of Christ this Christmas? Or maybe are we caught up in the busyness and the stress, and we've lost the marvel. We've maybe lost the edge off of our amazement. I challenge you, don't let this Christmas season feel too familiar. Familiarity causes you to lose passion. It it, it leaks passion. When you become overly familiar, sometimes as husbands and wives, we need to be warned that the more we're knowledgeable, we know each other so well and we, we almost can just anticipate what we're thinking. And when you've been married a certain amount of time, you become very familiar with one another. That is actually a danger point. Because sometimes when you get so familiar with one another, you take one another for granted. And you can lose and leak some of your passion and the intimacy in your relationship. Am I right? Come on, so Y'all can say amen this morning anytime. All right. So, so we, in our relationship with Jesus, do you think that could also happen? Now, I've known Jesus since I was five years old. And there have been, you know, many, many things transpired during that time. And there have been peaks and valleys. But one of the things I always need to be reminded of is never lose your sense of being astonished, amazed, marveled. When we read, when we see God moving in someone's life, we, someone, we see someone's life that is changed, transformed, someone that comes to Jesus, we need to be marveling at the Messiah just like Joseph and Mary did with these words that came out over their son Jesus. The second action step I want to challenge you with, number one is be amazed. Number two is be proactive. Be proactive. What do I mean by that? 
Notice in verse 27, it says about Simeon, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Drop down to verse 38, speaking of Anna, and it says, coming up to them at that very moment. I don't know whether you can see what I'm seeing, but these are people that weren't just sitting back in their comfort zones. These are people that are just like you and me, but they refused to just sit back and say, eh, whatever, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Let it be done. Well, all right. These were people that were motivated and they were proactive about being moved. They were sensitive, but they were willing to be proactive. And when they felt a prompting of the Holy Spirit, they're willing to act on it. I think one of the great dangers in our lives as Christians today is to become mediocre, to become passionless, to to lose that sense of proactive faith, willing to step out into the moment, to be moved. I hope that today you're willing to be a mover. Just like Simeon and Anna were movers. When the Spirit prompted them to move, they acted. They didn't sit still. Sometimes we sit and we say, All right, Lord, I'm waiting for my third confirmation now. We read a lot of examples in Scripture of those that refused to sit. They're willing to be proactive. Mary, when she heard the words of the angel... She said, may it be to me as just as you have said. The shepherds were movers too. They said, let's go. They didn't have to get up and go. Sometimes you need to say to one another, come on, let's get up and go. Let's be proactive. Friend, when God prompts you to do something, you need to do it. Be proactive in your faith. It might mean the salvation of someone else. It might mean full surrender for others of you. But the Spirit of God wants you to be more involved in what's going on in others' lives. Be listening and be proactive. When God prompts you, don't miss it because you may miss out on a miracle. Simeon and Anna, examples to us of those who are proactive in their faith. And then the third action step is be a messenger be a messenger. In verse 38, if I can remind you, it's speaking of Anna, and it says, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child. Spoke about the child. She became a messenger. Actually, in some ways, Simeon as well. His was just in the form of a, of a declaration, a prayer, of praise to the Lord. But Anna started speaking the message of who he was to all that were standing around. One thing we can take away from this is that we also not only need to be amazed, not only do we need to be proactive, we also need to be messengers. Every one of us are called. I I get frustrated sometimes. I hear people say, I just don't know what my ministry is. Every born again believer has the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible describes it as that is the ministry of sharing with others the good news that God loves you and you can have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what this season is all about. Be a messenger. Take the good news. Share it with other people. Be quick to be bold with your faith. Be a messenger just like Anna gave us this great example. 
Do you have family and friends who maybe, maybe yourself, who've been so caught up already, uh, even with, thank God, Black Friday's behind us, and I'm not sure what tomorrow holds, but this stuff goes on around us in our consumer-driven culture. Let me challenge you today. Be one that acts. Be ready to act as we've shared these three action steps. Maybe today you need to move. Maybe you need to take a step for yourself. If you're not in a right relationship with the Lord, today maybe you need to take that step. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me now. And after I pray, uh, as I pray, I'm going to ask that the prayer teams would come and, and take their positions at the front so that they're available to minister to people. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally, I'm praying for you. Maybe if you have another need in your life that you want someone to agree with you on, our prayer teams are going to be here to agree with you. And as soon as I pray, then Robin's going to come and close our service. So would you just uh, would you stand to your feet for a moment? Anticipation. What are you expecting? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you today. Lord, we thank you today that in the same way that Simeon and Anna, (laughs) the moment that they saw baby Jesus, They knew who he was. Lord, let us fully recognize who you are. Don't let us waste time with other things. But Lord, let us be totally caught up with who you are. Even though now we know you as most of us in this room know you as our Lord, our Savior. Let us never forget who you really are. Today, specifically, I pray that we would be reminded of your comfort and also your forgiveness. And we're thankful that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to receive of those things. And so today, Lord, I just pray that even as the Spirit moved Anna and Simeon, that you'd move us. Cause us to be proactive. Let us never lose that amazement and that wonder. Lord, let us be messengers for you. Even even at this moment, for those that need to make a decision for Jesus Christ or who need a breakthrough in their life, I pray that they will have the courage just to step out and come and receive prayer from these teams that are ready for them.